You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Chirping Crickets is the self-titled debut album from the American rock and roll band The Crickets, led by Buddy Holly, released in the U.S. November 1957 on Brunswick Records, produced by Norman Petty. The genre is rock and roll, rockabilly, pop, and The Crickets helps set the template for subsequent rock bands such as The Beatles with the guitar, bass, drum, lineup, and the talent to write most of their own material. So what did we think of the self-titled Crickets album? Fucking Buddy Holly. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fuck with Buddy Holly. Yeah, I, I agree. This album is pure gold and possibly the start of the rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Elvis, we had Little Richard, all these individuals, but this was the first time. I mean, this is one of the, the first bands. Yeah, yeah it's a ensemble, band. Yeah. 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 And you know there were there were bands before the crickets, even the ones that were named in like the full name, like uh, like Bill Haley and the Comets, or uh, like Gene Vincent and the Blue Caps. But Buddy Holly and the Crickets, even though Bud, Buddy Holly is up front, it just seemed more of like a cohesive band as opposed to like a performer that hired some backing musicians. Yeah, you know? right. Absolutely. It just it rides the uh, like the line between rockabilly and rock and roll so well like there you can tell like stylistic differences like between a couple of the songs but just like through and through like it's the album never feels uneven and uh yeah again fucking buddy holly like always looked way older than what he was he's the oldest looking 21 year old i've ever (laughs) seen in my entire life yeah yeah he looks like like if he yelled at you you better take listen yeah right (laughs) (laughs) it's that coming out of texas Got that style, you know. That and he looks like Hank Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, Lubbock, Texas. Texas. I would say, I mean, every every track on this is a complete knock it out of the park in recording and playing, the execution. I mean, it's everyone has has that feel, that rockabilly feel. I yeah, think but definitely an Orbison wrote a few of these tracks, right? Mm-hmm. He was co- were, co-writing. It sounded like yeah, it. I actually wrote, kept thinking about Orbison. He wrote um, An notes. Empty Cup. Oh, man. Whatever, a Broken Date, An Empty Cup. That was Orbison. Yeah. A and... nice, nice uh, metaphor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, there's no more coke in my glass. My girl left me at the drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's like... Orbison to a T. Like, totally. Like, <laughs> who is this man, Orbison, and where did he come from? My girl left me at the drive-in, and I'm all out of coke. <laughs> I grew from a pumpkin patch. <laughs> 
but he and he and Buddy Holly both came up in Texas, right? Same town, and were kind of friends. Oh, and, really? I didn't know that. I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if Roy was from Lubbock, but he definitely had a ready credit in a few of these songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the thing that, about this record that and in general this time that is challenging to me is um, I think it's I think it's a great record I mean I, I think there's a lot of sort of uh, areas that you could say this is the first major like you're saying like this is the band it really feels like a band you can definitely hear uh, what will influence the Beatles I, I definitely that was one of the things I kept thinking about um, you can see how this would influence so many people to put, to make music and to adopt rock and roll. But I, I always wonder, you know, if I had been a young person at the time, would I have just categorically like categorically liked this? Um, or what would my context be if I was already a fan of like Little Richard and Fats Domino? I'm, and just thinking about the stuff that was happening at the time, because... When I hear this record, at least through my modern filter, I hear this really like tame version of of the rock and roll that I that I'm like I grew up listening more to like Little Richard and Fats Domino than I did Buddy Holly, and I hear like this really like sort of like gentle and playful kind of rock and roll versus like the cool vibe of of Fats or the aggressive vibe of Little Richard. And it feels more palatable, which is, I think, you know, hats off for accomplishing that, but still making it feel like rock and roll. But I just wonder how it would have felt at the time if I was already into the other stuff. That's interesting. You know, for as undeniably rock and roll as this album is, he really couldn't be further from like a bad boy. And that's, oh, well, you know, and that's it stuff feels like, that way to me. I mean, but, it feels yeah. very light. But if you remember the moment, <laughs> at least musically, yeah, yeah, personal life. Personally, it's up for debate. But mm-hmm. Musically, not a bad boy. If you, if you yeah. look at it, and yeah, you've got Little Richard on the one hand, mm-hmm. you know, just balls to the wall, it out there, you know, <laughs> tutti frutti, good booty. Uh, but then you've got uh, songs like "Oh Boy," you know, which sounds really light. Mm-hmm. But if you get into the middle of the song, he actually starts to put a little bit of you know snarl and stank on yeah. his vocal, you know, because it's pretty light and, and it's got that weird Texas that nasal. But then I don't know, maybe at the two minute or around two minutes, he starts to get some snarl in there, and it's. I hadn't listened to much of the crickets as the crickets, I guess. Uh, you know, I listened to some Buddy Holly, but I never really thought about it this way. Like, you've got that high male harmony vocals in the background, mm-hmm. and then Buddy mm-hmm. Holly with his high kind of nasal in the front. And, you know, you get these harmonies, I guess, from, uh, you know, some some old, older country like Leuven Brothers and other things, but I just never heard it in this context before. I never really thought about it. So it's a real interesting style, but... He does. He does put a little stank on it in there. It's just. It's just yeah. few and far between. I think yeah. there's just more songs Absolutely. like like there's one lonesome tears that like the backup vocals on that. I, I think that's the one that had the backup vocals. I'm thinking of. It's very just like uh, 
you know, under the sea ball backup vocals. Like it's very just like you just picture like the you know, I don't know, the Texas boys right. singing it. You're gonna, gonna dance with room in between you for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Which is the comparatively, compared to right. like the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. I thought the I thought the echo too, the echo effect was great. Um, it little, sounds little, great. Little slap back. Yeah, well, it yeah. sound they it sound like they record from another room. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded great, like the longing song. I I think it was on the song. Lonesome Tears. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, just sounded great. Like it made complete sense within the the song of sort of this longing and almost being from another in another distance. Room. Yeah. Distance. Yeah. Echo. Sonically, I also really liked the um, the really close up, like kind of twangy one note guitar leads. They sent, the way it's recorded sounds dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed as the album wore on was, uh, you know, the the oohs and ahs backup vocals of the crickets. Uh, I noticed them almost even more than I would notice like Elvis's Jordanaires or someone else, like. Uh, like the Jordanaires, for example, you know, like they're they are professional singers. Like they are background singers, and they they add this texture to the song, but they also kind of fade into the background mm. a little bit, almost as if like their vocals are just like an instrument. The uh, the crickets, it sounds like dude singing. They're like ah <laughs> ah ah. They're like and, solid singers, and, and they're, but they're, they're not. Yeah, you're right. I know. I know. But what you mean. It, it, it's like I notice them more as like a. A, a significant section of this sound that makes Buddy Holly and the Crickets. It doesn't sound like church. Yeah. No, yeah. It's yeah. Just, just these teenage dudes who in and on. Makes know? me think of the Rolling Stones, like where there's like five minutes of a Like if you ever just listen to that, if you ever just like take out the band in your mind, you can just sort of remove the band, the lead vocals, there's and just listen. Footage of it. It's it's rough. Yeah. I mean, it is a really rough <laughs> vocal pass, but there's something about it that really works because it's it's it would have been it would have sounded worse to have it sound perfect every time for like however many minutes it goes for. Yeah. And there's some yeah there, there's something rock and roll about that. Yeah, it, about the them not like you said just blending in that choral background. Um, I get that, but I, it also feels very like you know. Teenage summer summer dance. Oh yeah, yeah. So, the way he uh, feels safe. The way he pronounces okay. "baby" is upsetting. <laughs> Would you bay <laughs> bee? There's like a bee and a bay. He's ahead of his time. He's, he's using bay. He invented that. Yeah. Weird. But no, uh, it, baby. <laughs> sort of his vocal, <laughs> his vocal syncopate, his hiccups and things. Love um, his hiccups. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's. Yeah, showmanship. He may have invented the intentional hiccup. I feel like that comes from like the Texas Gene, yodel or whatever, like Gene Autry or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. Yeah, she's gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. And uh, I guess what I read was uh, it had had two songs that hit the Billboard charts, right? That'll Be the Day was number one in 57, and then Oh Boy was number 10, 58, I believe. 
That's right. And that delver that has the good kind of like hiccup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever notice how short Linda Ronstadt's catalog would be if you just took out all the Buddy Holly covers? <laughs> no. <laughs> next time you listen, next time a Linda Ronstadt song comes on like your your classic radio or whatever, yeah. think to yourself, is this actually a Buddy Holly song? Because it is. It almost <laughs> wow. always is. <laughs> Do you realize how short the Crickets' career are without? Buddy Hollywood be. <laughs> Holly would be. Wait two years. <laughs> Wasn't wow. Will and Jennings a cricket later on? Uh, yeah. Really? Will yeah. and Jennings they put Will and was on the a base, I think. He 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 was a cricket prior to Buddy's death. He was almost in that plane. He lost a coin toss. Really? Wow. Yeah. He lost a coin toss, I think, to Richie Valens, because it was it was Buddy's plane. I, I think it was Buddy's plane, and Waylon had a seat on it, and Richie. Valens wanted to get to town early to do laundry. And Waylon said, well, okay, let's flip a coin. And Richie Valens got the seat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you you got a computer in front of you. (laughs) Bring up the video footage of the coin flip. (laughs) Enhance. Big Bopper enhance. It was tails the whole time. (laughs) Conspiracy. I know Waylon was, he was at least on that tour playing bass for the Crickets. Wow. Yeah. So would, what would we say, you know, this is uh, definitely... Obviously. 100%. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic album. Classic rock and roll record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even even though it's not like my favorite of the, of the era, it's undeniable. I mean, this is just one of those, I mean, the songs on this record and yeah. the shape of, you know, people starting bands. Right. You know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure you can look it up and see like these bands saw, you know, the group portrayed yep. in this. And yeah, everyone from Beatles, Led Zeppelin. I mean, the Beatles, I mean, all those the Crickets, the Beatles. Yeah, right. I mean, come on, guys. Is, like, yeah. is this the first band album that we've reviewed? Um, I think this might be the could, first band. I think it is. We could probably say that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, out of this list. The rest were individual artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Duke Ellington obviously had his whole ensemble. Right. It's still Duke Ellington. Right, it's his It's his thing. And this this isn't just Buddy Holly. You right, know, it's the crickets. It, you know, it, it is its own thing. I mean, who's on the cover? It's all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's all of them. The plus, oldest, <laughs> plus, uh, 20, 21-year-olds. Ever photographed. They look a thousand years old. <laughs> Lubbock, Texas is rough. It's the Texas sun. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, maybe it's because they're wearing suits. No, it's their faces. Like, <laughs> it's the years. It's just the years on their faces. God. Well, when your girl leaves you at a drive in, you know, it, it, too many Coca Cola. It, it'll weigh on you. Yeah, I would totally say I would. I, I, I will listen to this record more times than the, the two that I've. I put in while, you know, doing this little yeah. review sitch. I think it's awesome. It could it could almost be the best of Buddy, mm-hmm. Buddy Holly record. I mean, it was the only one released during his lifetime. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez Louise, yes. Yeah. yeah. Brief Candle. Just but. like that Elton John song. <laughs> Brief Candle. Brief candle. <laughs> well, I mean... In the storm. As, as to influence, I mean, that'll be the day... Uh, was the first song that John Lennon learned how to play on guitar. And oh, I think wow, the yeah. Quarrymen actually covered it. Yeah. Any other nuggets of uh, Holly wisdom? 
from that there screen? Um, he was under contract for this record, so he had to record um, under, you know, under a, a band name. So they came up, uh, they thought that bird... Bird names were all uh, played out, so they went with insects. So <laughs> you know what's tough? Like cricket. <laughs> bird names are played out by, what, 55? <laughs> the oh, birds man. weren't even abandoned. <laughs> uh, they just went. Yeah, they yeah. looked at insects. Um, well, there's already they, the eagles. And I guess they had hit. <laughs> the funny thing is, they briefly considered, I think, the beetles, um, mm. but went with crickets. And then, of course, the beetles. Uh, reference that they were very influenced by the crickets and they mm-hmm. called themselves the Beatles. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that early yeah. Beatles stuff really you you can hear yeah. some their take on it. Even though it's not the album or artist that we're viewing, I would hate to have a Lubbock, Texas based early rock and roll segment go by without even mentioning Bobby Fuller or Bobby Fuller Four, who were all they were contemporaries with Buddy Holly, came up in Lubbock. And if you're not familiar with the catalog it kind of just it took that Lubbock, Texas early rock and roll sound and just carried it into the 60s. Like it I don't want to pontificate, but you know like had like had Buddy Holly live longer, you know, if you like that style, want to see what would happen like as it as it matured. The Bobby Fuller 4 or Killer Band had some killer records also tragically cut short too soon. Mm-hmm. Next episode? Next episode. Sorry. <laughs> Today? Bobby Fuller started dating a mobster's girlfriend and was then found dead in his car. Oh, God. <laughs> Oopsie poops. <laughs> his brand new car he had bought like earlier that week. Mm. Uh, next episode, we'll be covering uh, Count Basie, the Atomic Mr. Basie. 1957. Should be a good one. I really like that album. All right, thanks again. Thank you guys. Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. One lonely night. One lonely night. At this Just drove by. She just...